Lord, I pray that as I minister your word, you'll come and speak to us and minister to us. Please help me remain true to your word and ask that this word will correct, rebuke, train, teach, encourage, build us up together to your praise and glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, last week we were sharing from a, a topic which was a question. If you choose to run away from the Lord, how far will you go? And uh, from the reading of last week, uh, it was concluded that you cannot go far away because God, the same way he interjected, the same way he interrupt, interrupt, interrupted Jonah's rebellion, Jonah's running away, he has the ability, he is sovereign and can use anything to stop you. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how big, how uh, financially established, it doesn't matter who you are. God is sovereign and can use anything to stop you so that his will will go ahead, will be advanced. And in the case of Jonah, we saw that God manipulated weather, nature, to deal with Jonah's rebellion. And indeed, in the end, Jonah could not progress and proceed. But just in case you think you have run too far away, this afternoon, our reflection, my sharing with us, is entitled, no matter how far you have fallen, God hears our cry if we call out in repentance. No matter how far you have fallen, how far deep, how far away you have run, God hears our cry if we call out in repentance. And our focus is really Jonah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. And there are three things I want to share under this subject from this passage. And the first thing is life stagnates when we choose to disobey God. Life stagnates, life stops when we choose to disobey God, when we choose to run away from the Lord. And when you zoom into verse 4 to verse 12, it really shows us that when Jonah chose to run away from his mission, life, his life stagnated. Though he seemed to be progressing with his plans at the start, at the beginning, I don't know how he did it, but probably he picked his savings and uh, decided that I'm no longer going to be a prophet. I'm going to change course. And after organizing and planning all things, he went and, you know, boarded the ship, but it didn't go far with him when God came through and decided that his life would stop. He would not continue with his plans because he was rebellious. He was running away from the plan of God or from the will of God. And so it is from this that I say to us this afternoon that the same way Jonah's plans were frustrated, that is how plans will be frustrated for whoever chooses to disobey the Lord, whoever chooses to run away from God. And of course, this is debatable in a way because uh, you might think there are so many non-believers out there that seem to be progressing. And uh, so you are thinking, Reverend, are you sure about what you're saying? That life will stop. Those guys seem to be enjoying life. Maybe you need to stop and define life. 
because real life is actually in Jesus Christ. He says in John 15 that without me, apart from me, you are nothing. So what you define as life is actually not life. And that is why I say when you choose to run away from the Lord, life is frustrated. What you are living, though it is proclaimed by so many people as life, and many of you say, it's actually a lie. True life is in Jesus Christ. And so when you choose to run away from Jesus, it will not take long before you discover that you have lived a lie all the days, all the months, all the years. And so Jonah's plans, Jonah's disobedience ended in failure, ended in frustration. When God sent a great storm, you know, the harder they tried to fight the storm, the harder and more complicated it became. They became more and more stuck. There was a lot of movement, there was a lot of business, but they were going nowhere. They struggled hard, they did everything they could in their power, but there was no progress. So sometimes we might be very active, but when there is no progress, just because we are not moving in the will of God or following the guidance of God's word. And so in the middle of all this confusion, we see Jonah falling into a deep sleep. This is interesting that people are fearing for their lives. The boat or the ship is about to sink. Everything is messed up. And Jonah, according to this scripture, falls into a deep sleep. He couldn't pray anymore. I stretched my imagination as I was reading this part. And I thought maybe because he couldn't pray anymore, he decided, let me sleep so all these problems I may forget. When I wake up, the storm will be over. Or when I wake up, I will be settled somewhere else. The same way sometimes we choose to, you know, maybe do drugs or do whatever it is in order to forget some of the issues we are going through. And I know that there are people who create darkness around themselves so that it is convenient for them to sin. So I imagine Jonah decided, let me just uh, chillax down here in the deck and uh, just sleep off. Let me sleep it off. You know how they tell you, ah, you have so many issues, so what you do, just take a few pills so you are able to catch some sleep. Maybe that's what Jonah thought, that if I sleep, by the time I wake up, all will be well. He couldn't pray. He decided to sleep. He understood that he was banished from God's sight. When you read chapter 2, verse 4, especially the beginning part, it says, Jonah began, sorry, uh, verse 2, the beginning part, it says, he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Verse 4, I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. So the beginning part, he says, I have been banished from your sight. Jonah has decided that even when God is everywhere, 
I am banished from his sight. In other words, for me, everything is done. I am done. It is all over. He fell into the trap of despair, self-condemnation, maybe depression, and decided that I won't even pray. And I can tell you, though Jonah, remember, is running away because of his unwillingness for pagans, the pagan Ninevites, to be saved. Even when he's running away so that the pagans are not saved. In this case, we see that the same pagan sailors did everything they could to save his life. Can you think about that? Jonah does not want them saved because he knows when he goes to preach to them, they will repent and so will be saved. The same people he does not want to be saved are the ones doing everything possible so that Jonah's life is saved. Can we clap for these sailors for a minute? Come on. Have you heard of doing good to those who wish you bad? I think this is what they were doing. Jonah wants them unsaved, and yet they are doing. They are returning a blessing to him, okay, for his rebellion. Just because I'm not sure they did this out of understanding. They too are struggling for their own lives, and so uh, we are all in this mess. Let's be saved together. Maybe that's it. But this is an important lesson for us when we notice that Jonah wishes them bad and yet they actually wish him good. Praise the name of the Lord. So he can't pray. And yet, verse 12 to 13, while he could not pray, they cried out to the Lord to forgive them. Verse 12 and 13, chapter 2, if we can... Not, not, not 12 and 13. The, Jonah is struggling to pray. The sailors, even after they, he has decided they throw him into the sea, the sailors choose to pray and say, do not punish us for doing what we are doing. We have done everything in our power to save Jonah's life, but it has failed. And so what they choose to do is to throw him over to throw Jonah over into the sea. And when they threw him into the sea, it seemed like it was over for Jonah. But listen, life stagnates when we choose to disobey. However, when we cry out to the Lord, there is still hope. Look at my second point. Jonah remembered God's compassion. Jonah remembered God's compassion. Now, chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then it says in verse 1, chapter 2, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So, when he thinks that all is over, I, I am hopeless, there is nothing good that can come out of me, I am destined for trouble, I must die, he remembered the compassion of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. He remembered the compassion of the Lord. I really pray that you don't become so hard-hearted to the point of allowing fish to swallow you. I honestly think, do not go that far. Hello? 
tell your neighbor, you don't go that far. You don't have to wait for, <laughs> for a tilapia, for engege to take you inside before you can call on the name of the Lord. However, when you find yourself so far away from the Lord, remember that we worship a God of compassion. And so Jonah remembered God's compassion. Hallelujah. I, just stretch your imag imagination. I, I want you to imagine what it was like inside the fish. Do you want to imagine how it was, Jonah, inside the fish? How was, just think about his breathing. Think about, I mean, maybe it was totally dark as the, the, the fish is submerged. It is all inside. I don't know the stench from in there. I'm not sure how it was. But just think about it. When the fish is running and twisting and turning and going deeper and deeper until it hit rock bottom and on the inside of that fish, there was Jonah. And then he says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. When everything seems to be over, the, the fish is gone from the surface. It has gone to the deepest, to the roots of the sea, to into the rocks. While inside there, so deep, Jonah says, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you. In that moment, Jonah remembered that the Lord is compassionate. Hallelujah. Jonah remembered that the Lord would forgive him. Let me tell you, your knowledge of God determines a lot when it comes to your repentance. Sometimes we refuse to repent just because we have a limited view of the Lord. But when you understand the God you worship, that he is a God of compassion, in that moment, regardless of how far you have fallen, you will know that surely if I turn to the Lord, he will have mercy on me. Amen? And so this broke through Jonah's pride and he prayed in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. I called for help and you listened to my cry. In my distress, in my distress, I called to the Lord. There are people when they are distressed, they say, I'll wait for, I'm, you know, I'm not coming to church because I want to sort my life. Uh, once I'm sorted, I'll come back to church. <laughs> you run out of fellowship, apparently you are sorting yourself. And there are fellowships that will tell you, I first to go sort yourself, then you come back when you're sorted. Listen, Jonah says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. God did not tell Jonah to first go and sort his life and then come back. It is in the middle of his mess that he remembers the God of compassion and calls out to that God. He says, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Friends, no matter what we have done, when we turn to God in repentance, he hears our cry. Jonah accepted God's sovereignty in disciplining him in all that is happening and he, pray, he prayed. 
He says, you hurled me into the sea, not the sailors. Remember, it is the sailors that threw Jonah into the sea. And then the, the fish received him. But when Jonah is praying, when he's saying this thing, he says, you, he's talking to God, he's addressing God Almighty, and says, you hurled me into the sea, not the sailors. Your waves and breakers swept over me. Jonah understands that actually this is the work of the Lord. I am rebellious and everything that is happening is as a result of my rebellion and this is God. And because he knows it is God, he also knows that this same God that is doing the things that are happening, that has allowed these things to unfold the way they are, that same God is a God of compassion. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's important for you to know that the same God that demands justice is the God of love. So do not rot in your mess. Remember the love of the Lord and cry out to the Lord. Cry out to him for his mercy, for his grace. And so though he felt he had been banished from God's presence, he had been banished from God's sight, he responded with hope. And he says in verse 4, chapter 2, Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. It is the way it is going, yet I will lift up my eyes one more time and I will look toward your temple. This was a turning point for Jonah. Hallelujah. This is a turning point. It was a decision to turn towards God. Jonah recognized God's grace. He recognized God's mercy. And he said, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. From inside the fish, he couldn't have known what was happening on the outside. He must have trembled between life and death. He was sinking into shock. He was sinking into hell. The realm of the dead. He was finished. And he says, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen. Jonah thought at one point it was over, but he remembered God's mercy. When he remembered God's mercy, he called out unto the name of the Lord, and he says, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. God is not your enemy. He is a loving God. He's full of compassion. He desires to save you. It is not fun for the Lord for you to be struggling in sin. It is not fun for God to see you and you are, you know, struggling in that addiction. God desires that you recognize his grace and call out to the Lord for your salvation. Acknowledge that you are messed up. Acknowledge that where you are is not where you should be and cry out for mercy. And the God of Jonah is our God today. He will surely rescue you from whatever it is. Can I hear a hand clap to the Lord?
Hallelujah. Number three, and last, our realization of where God has picked us from should inspire us to obey his word and his world mission. Our realization of where God has picked us from should inspire us to obey his word and his world mission. In order to appreciate grace, listen, in order for you to understand God's mercy, God's grace, God's work in your life, we have to recognize that we were finished. There was nothing good left for us. We were all messed up. Until we appreciate how terrible we were, it will be difficult for you to appreciate the grace of the Lord. And that is why some people have fallen into the trap of thinking that when Gerald makes an altar call, those who want to get born again, please come forward. And you stand up, you come forward. Some people think that by their walking to the front, they have done a lot of work. And so they have participated in the salvation of their souls. Listen, that's nonsense. Compared to how terrible you are, that's zero. Don't even think about it. It's a hundred percent God's work. Jonah cannot, you know, cannot begin saying, you see, yeah, I was in the belly of the fish, but you know I prayed. If I had not prayed, you see, I would not. So I participated in my salvation. That's foolishness. It's a hundred percent God's work that Jonah is delivered. Until you realize that you are so messed up in your distress, in your sin, God had mercy on you. So he desires and deserves a hundred percent glory. Don't even think about it. Amen. Jonah appreciated that he was so far, far away. He didn't deserve it. In any case, he deserved to die. He should have perished and rotted in that sea. He deserved it. And he says, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. Do you notice that Jonah, after appreciating the grace of the Lord, he switches from just addressing God as God to my God. When you embrace God's love, when we know God's grace on our lives, he goes beyond just being God to my God. And that is why we call it a personal relationship with God. There is a level you have gone with the Lord. You know where God has gotten you from and you appreciate that this is really God and it's because of his love for me and so you can address him as my God, my heavenly father. No wonder we see Jonah vowing. He vowed to return to the Lord and is calling as a prophet. Verse 8 and 9, he says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Salvation is 100% God's work. And so, 
obeying God's calling in our lives is a response to God's personal love for us. It is a response to his grace, a response to his love, a realization that salvation belongs to God alone. He is the one who saved us, not man, not myself, not my righteousness, not my law-keeping. After all, he says, even when you struggle to be righteous, your righteousness is like filthy rags. Can you imagine <laughs> that when you are at your best, do you wake up one day and you think, ah, today I did well. Uh, I didn't sin. I didn't abuse anybody. I, I, uh, uh, especially when we are praying and fasting. Hello. <laughs> you lock up yourself in some space and all you do is read scripture and then you pray, read scripture and then you pray. You don't even visit people. You are just in your space. And at the end of that day when you're breaking your fast, you're thinking, ah, man, eh? uh, uh, I am at another level now. Listen. Even at that level, your righteousness is filthy rags. <laughs> filthy. Salvation is the work of the Lord. It is 100% God's work. And the earlier realize that, the better for you. So then you can give honest worship to God Almighty. You can give honest glory to God Almighty. It is from that place that you humble yourself to serve, to obey God and to serve the Lord. It is, I want to imagine that Jonah thought his, you know, his experience as a prophet, he had earlier on prophesied things for Israel and they had come through and, you know, he's, he has mastered the art. He's a senior. He has mastered the territory. He was beginning to think, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? There are those that are, what do you call it? Deep waters. He was getting to that place. But listen, this situation put Jonah in his place. And by the time the Lord was done with him inside that belly of that fish, he was willing to say, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. I also imagine, what if, you know, these things didn't happen the way they did, and then Jonah ended up in... Uh, uh, Tashis and you know what would have happened? We would have lost the prophet Jonah but not just him, even the nation of Nineveh. We, should, we would have lost all those but God is gracious not to only Jonah but to the entire world. He is a God of compassion. Hallelujah. It is this realization that we will humble ourselves and obey and serve the Lord. And listen, the God of other chances, the God of a second chance in the life of Jonah commanded the fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. Hallelujah. It says in verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Amen. And you know, I... I even when my passage was going up to verse 10, 
I was tempted to look at uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, God again gave him his calling to go to Nineveh, and this time Jonah obeyed immediately out of love for God. Amen? I'm sure Jonah thought, ah, what I've gone through, I don't want to risk again. <laughs> because this time it might not, it might be a crocodile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Last time it was tilapia, this time it might be crocodile. God is a God of love. Listen, friends, it doesn't matter how far you are. It's possible that even as you're seated in this congregation, you feel worthless, you feel you do not measure up to be in God's presence. God will hear that cry if it is true repentance, if it is a cry for help, if it is a cry of salvation. But remember that life stagnates when we disobey God. But also, the same way Jonah remembered God's compassion, we too should always remember our God of love, the God of compassion. And our realization of where God has picked us from should inspire us to obey his word and his world mission. We should not write off as a people thinking, other people thinking, they are not good enough. If God can accept Jonah, there is hope for everyone. Please stand. I want us to pray. But even as we pray, I want you to know that if God can accept Jonah, there is hope for you this afternoon. No matter how far deep, how far away you have gone, have fallen, turn to the Lord in repentance. God is full of compassion, and this afternoon, he extends a hand of salvation that he will deliver you from whatever mess it is that you put yourself in, that circumstances pushed you in. I don't know what it is, but God is a God of compassion. Let us pray and have a moment of reflection where you are. Are you among those that have attempted to run away from God's presence. Or at least you have decided to just keep around, but your heart is far away from the Lord. It might be a situation, it might be a lifestyle that you have adopted, it might be pressure you have yielded to, and you think it is over for you. The best you can be is a religious person. But you have even lost touch with the Lord. You no longer pray. You no longer have zeal for God's word. Jonah in there cried out to the Lord. And the same way I ask this afternoon, that where you are, you can simply talk to God and say, Lord, have mercy. I realize that you're not my enemy. You're not looking to cane me, to destroy me. In any case, everything you have allowed to come to me, Lord, you can turn around for your own good. Even those that I have started myself, even those that have been started by those that misled me, Lord, you can turn around the circumstances. 
And thank you for Jesus Christ, Lord. That while we were far off, he made a way for us. We no longer need the fish to vomit us onto the shore because the cross has bridged the gap. The cross has made it possible for us to come back into a relationship with God. And so this afternoon, will you call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Humble yourself today and cry out to the Lord where you are in the middle of that circumstance, in the middle of that situation. Turn to God. Hasn't he said when we gather in his name, he is with us. And so as you talk, God listens to every word. He sees every tear, every heart's cry. Our God, our Father is with us in this congregation, in this sanctuary this afternoon to receive us, to listen to us, to hear us as we cry out. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here. And I want to call out for that one person that wants to make it public. You have lived a life of rebellion, but this afternoon, you want to have a relationship with Jesus and you want to make it public. Will you walk to the front and I'll pray with you. You know in your heart of hearts, you have always been on the run. Even when you have been in the in the church, you have been so close to Christians. You know that your heart has been so far away from God. But this afternoon, you want to make it public that you would enter relationship with God. Simply walk to the front and I would pray with you this afternoon. Lord, we thank you. And we honor you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for the encouragement that even when we think we are so far away, even when we think it is too complicated for anyone to understand, when we cry out to you, you will hear our cry and will come to our rescue because salvation belongs to our God. We honor you and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.